Whether you have a diagnosis or not, I don't care. I'll teach you how to find what's causing your health struggles using the blood work you already have right here on this podcast, but also in my new book, Why Are My Labs Normal? Go grab it on Amazon and let me know you love it and appreciate the knowledge by leaving a review for both the book and this podcast. Practitioners, you can now register for the In This Together live event with me in Orlando, Florida, February 20th, 21st, and 22nd. Grab the link to register below, get all the details, and know that we're in this together. We're going to celebrate you at this event, and I'm going to bring in the best mindset, marketing, and business experts. But more importantly, I can't wait to meet you in person and give you the biggest hug. See you in Orlando in February 20, 21st, and 22nd. If you haven't started using systemic formulas supplements yet, you should be. Go to systemicformulas.com and mybiome.com, M-Y-B-Y-O-M-E to learn more. You can also come join me inside their private Facebook group for practitioners called Systemic Formulas Clinical Nutrition. Everyone else can learn more about them and their amazing supplements and their amazing results on Systemic Formulas Instagram page. All right, let's get started and happy holidays. Welcome to the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast with me, Dr. Kylie. I have a fellow mastermind member in here with me. If you guys aren't in masterminds and you're a practitioner listening to this, you need to be in masterminds. One, because it's major mindset upgrades. Two, it's lots of usually uh, business consulting and marketing help. But most importantly, networking. You get to meet some really cool people. And I have one of those really cool people on with me today. Her name is Dr. Dr. Laura DeSauce. Dang it. I said it right the first time. Now I can't. <laughs> Decessorous. Yes. There you go. I looked at your, I looked at the name and I stopped me from saying it correctly the first time, but Dr. Lara is here. She's a chiropractor by nature. Like me, doesn't own a chiropractic table. So she's, we're going to walk through like a little bit of her journey and just giving you guys some permission to break free of that piece of paper that we all paid lots and lots of money for, because there's so many other things we can do as well. But um, on today's podcast episode, we're going to talk about redefining women's health. And she's going to really dive in about why women are different, unique, and because of that, we need to treat ourselves differently and uniquely. So welcome on, Dr. Laura. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Big fan of of your podcast. Yeah. Uh, Walk us through chiropractic degree. You graduated school when? I graduated in 2013. Okay, so a couple of years before I did. We're young guns, guys. I graduated <laughs> in 2014 or 2017 is when I graduated. So just a few months, years after you, I started in 2014. Um, nice. How much chiropractic did you actually do? Yeah, so I actually, when I graduated, I immediately went to be a contractor at a, a big wellness center in New Jersey. I was there for about six years doing a mix of traditional chiropractic body work and functional medicine. Uh, knew I'd always want wanted to do functional medicine, Me but also honestly really enjoyed body work. I loved working with active people, keeping them moving. It was kind of like a fun little puzzle, but uh, eventually you kind of have to pick which path you really want to focus all your time in. And for me, my passion is really functional medicine and women's health. Yes, you did your uh, functional medicine training 
Yeah. So I got my master's in clinical nutrition while I was wrapping up Cairo school, actually. And then I trained with the Institute for Functional Medicine, did their certification program. And I'm just about finished with my uh, fellowship with the Academy for Anti-Aging Medicine and Functional Medicine. Holy smokes. You got a lot of net letters next to your name. (laughs) Hoping to wrap that one up next year, but. Nice. Yeah. So let's talk about women's health here. What are we doing wrong? You know, I, I feel like for women, and I I think there is an awakening that's happening right now. I mean, everyone talks about how, okay, what does the evidence say, right? Like, what does the data say? Like, we've all seen a 1000 TikTok and Instagram comments that says, show me the study that says this. The reality is, women have been left out of studies for years, actually, for a while, I think it was the FDA did literally didn't allow them to be subjects in studies because there was a chance they might get pregnant because there were too many variables to control for. So we're we're looking for all of this healthcare for women based on data that doesn't include us, especially women who are actively having a menstrual cycle. So think about everything from you see an ad for a supplement or for a brain nootropic. Well, okay, the evidence for that has mostly been done on men. We don't know how it impacts women's physiology and it changes throughout the month with our cycle. It changes, you know, we have different body weights, different body composition than men. So when we think about women's health, it it really has to be shifted and we need to start looking at it in a very different way, um, right down to everything from what the evidence does say to how we really frame our protocols and our strategies for women. Because whereas we look at a male physiology, which is kind of changing the same way every 24 hours, that regular circadian rhythm that's driven by cortisol melatonin. This just isn't the case for women. You know, we we have that 24-hour circadian rhythm, but really our physiology is driven by changing estrogen and progesterone levels. And everything from our brain function to our emotions to our gut health is impacted. So if we're really going to look at women's health and support women optimally, it has to be very different than what we have been doing. Um, and I think we've been letting women down. And that's why a lot of women feel so disappointed in the healthcare system. They feel like nothing's working. And worst of all, women start to guilt themselves saying it's because they're not trying hard enough when the reality is they're just being let down by a system that didn't take their physiology into account. And the doctors say, well, you, you just need to lose weight or like, you know how many <laughs> right. diets I've tried? Like the number one question I would get asked is when I worked with patients is, well, what do you want me to eat? What diet haven't you tried? I've tried them all. Just eat food. Right. Eat less, exercise more, don't stress. Like very general advice has been given. And it only goes so far, especially in today's modern world where we know everything we're up against in terms of stress levels, the environment and everything else. So I think starting to dig a little deeper as practitioners too and saying, okay, well, how can we really support these women? right? Like, cause it's not just a diet and exercise. It's, it's so much deeper than that. And I know you and I know that, but I think we need to get this information out to more and more women who are coming and looking for help and helping them understand that a lot of this hasn't been their fault. It's just been that there haven't been systems in place to, to create health programs for their unique physiology. When you talk about unique physiology, besides menstrual cycles, Let's dive in a little bit deeper and explain to us what's really going on that we're missing. Yeah. So I think 
at least this has been my experience when I do talk to women about their menstrual cycles, they pretty much know when they have their period and when they don't. And that's kind of like the end of it for most people. Mm -hmm. They're like, okay, well, I have it here. I'm about to get my period. There's no more deeper knowledge around it. And I know even in my doctoral program, like I really wasn't taught in depth about that. Um, So I think understanding that what's going on with women's hormones over the course of a month goes so much deeper than having a period at the end of a cycle, right? Like we have these changing hormone levels that are impacting our brain, our mood, our ability to be creative, our desire to socialize and connect with our partner, the way we communicate. So I talked to so many women who are like, you know, people always ask me what I need and I don't know what to ask for because I have no idea what I need. It totally depends on how I'm feeling on a given day. So I, I think if we can start to understand that your menstrual cycle, it's not a bad thing. It's not this annoying part of our life. It's actually a really cool superpower once you understand it. And especially the connections between those female hormones, estrogen, progesterone in your brain. I mean, this is a huge driver for your emotions, your ability to perform in your business, your your desire to socialize, to connect with your family and your loved ones. So when there's issues with a woman's hormonal system, it goes so much deeper than cramps and PMS symptoms. It can impact her ability to want to show up every day. It can impact her energy. It can impact her ability to focus and create new things, her ability to want to form connections with other people. And that's a huge part of life. Like when we we take that out of healthcare, we're missing we're missing out on a huge aspect of true well-being, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. So let's dive in. Progesterone, estrogen, how the heck do they affect our brain? <laughs> yeah, so I I can't remember when the exact study was published, but not too long ago, actually, there was a great study that came up. I'll have to grab it for you after we finish recording that shows all these different areas of the brain that have high densities of estrogen and progesterone receptors. So we know that over the course of a given cycle, as estrogen and progesterone are changing, we can also look at the impacts that these are going to have on the brain and cognitive function and you know, all of those little important glands in the brain, like the hypothalamus and pituitary that are also directing every other pathway in the body, right? So when we talk about progesterone, let's just say for an example, now, a lot of people just tie it to, oh, do they have healthy progesterone levels or not? We know progesterone's good for fertility, but the reality is it's so much more than that. And I I think if you talk to any woman who's going through perimenopause or menopause, she will want her progesterone back because it also is really like our calming anti-anxiety hormone when we have enough of it. So we we want that just to continue to to feel good. Um, and really we can see where, where different receptors in the brain are binding estrogen and progesterone, the different impacts that these can have. So you're seeing more and more people talk about something called the cycle syncing method. It was developed by a woman named Alyssa Vitti, but this really helps women understand what's going on over the course of your menstrual cycle first. And second, let's take it a step further and help you really support this you know, phase to phase in your cycle. How do we support healthy progesterone besides just going on a medication for it? Like some people will benefit from that, but there's also things that we can do with our nutrition there's certain foods we can include. We can make sure that we're really supporting our stress response and not getting ourselves in this, you know, hyper aroused nervous system state in times when progesterone are supposed to be high. 
So it's it's really this whole world, like kind of the wild, wild west of women's health right now of understanding, wow, this goes so much deeper than having a period and not having a period. And I think if women can understand what's actually going on with their body, they're going to be much more capable of asking for what they need, asking for the kind of support they need and creating a self-care routine that goes goes far beyond bubble baths, right? Like a true self-care routine that's supporting their nervous system, those hormonal patterns, supporting their brain so that they can just feel really good every day, not just for like half of the month. Yeah. So if someone's thinking, well, how, how do I understand besides, besides the, I have a period, I don't. What's going on in the 28-day cycle? So they can see, okay, my hormones are doing this, this is, I can also correlate this to how I feel and maybe mitigate some of those things. Yeah. So if we're going to like take a walk through a, a regular menstrual cycle here, you know, we have this, this first half of your cycle, which we generally call the follicular phase. Generally women will feel pretty good here. You know, first couple of days of having their period, maybe not so great. Hormones are still fairly low right there. So it's a good time for women to like look inward, maybe do a little reflection, a little self-care. A lot of women don't feel super social while they're actually on their period. You know, the bottoming out of all of those hormones, it, it's doing that on purpose. It's impacting our metabolism. It's kind of lowering our metabolism, lowering our energy, lowering, you know, communication with parts of the brain that kind of light up with socialization. So it's pretty natural for women to want to come inward a little bit. So I think telling yourself that's okay and giving yourself that permission first and foremost can be very helpful for a lot of women. As we start to move, you know, period is ending kind of into the, the thick of this follicular phase, most women feel pretty good in the first half of their cycle. We have estrogen levels rising. We have a lot of creativity. We're really good at like mapping things out, dreaming big. We tend to want to socialize more. I work with a lot of entrepreneurs. So this is typically a time where we're doing a lot of like content creation and planning, where we're doing networking meetings, we're getting ready to do launches during that period, things that you can really take advantage of because you have great energy levels. These are times that like your workouts may, you really can feel like you can push yourself. You can do the long hike. You can do the really heavy lift and have a lot of energy doing it. So taking advantage of that is a really great time. Then as we kind of move into the ovulation phase, generally around the halfway point, this is like the woman's superhero time, right? Like we generally feel really good when we're ovulating and people around us are also picking up on that. So like if I can talk to women who they can schedule like their stage appearances for around ovulation, they can do their launches then for people who, who may not be working in the entrepreneurial world, this is your time, like big social events, just going out and being around other people, like as women, we tend to be very magnetic from a biological standpoint during this time. And we feel really good from all of that just because we're getting all of these great hormone spikes during ovulation. This is also the time where you have libido. Right. My so husband's always like, how do, <laughs> how do we replicate that? Like, honey, it's the time of the month. Just enjoy it. Right. <laughs> we're not um, made to have libido 30 days out of the month. We're made to have really high libido during our ovulation time. Like I For said, sure. he's always like, how do we replicate that? Well, it will come back again in 30 days. <laughs> Start tracking it on your calendar. You yeah, know exactly when it's happening. <laughs> 
Um, and then as we kind of go move past ovulation into this second half of our cycle called the luteal phase, kind of like the back end of our cycle, this tends to be the part that a lot of women dread because they can a lot of women can start to experience PMS. They don't necessarily feel as good. But the reality is the luteal phase is a really great brain phase for us. We actually are getting like brain cell growth during this time. It's a great time for learning. It's a great time for like putting your head down and taking action on all of those big dreams and plans that you thought about in the first half of your cycle. You may find that you're not quite as social during this time, but that's okay. Just something to be aware of. And like those of you that have a partner and a spouse, I, I know from my relationship, this was a game changer. My, my partner, he is very, very social and helping him understand that like, okay, well for a week, 10 days out of the month, like I need a little more reflection and quiet time. And like, I don't want to be out all the time. It's just not hormonally, like really what's fitting. That was like a big light bulb moment for him. Like, oh, she's not the same person every day. So I can schedule more of our bigger social events here and she will love to show up. Like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And kind of this, the other, the other point about this kind of luteal phase too, is as women, we tend to be in a little bit more of like a sympathetic stress state. You know, we we're starting to get a decline of our sex hormones. We tend to get it uh, increase in cortisol towards the end of that phase. So doing things that like really push the limits on our stress systems are going to take a much bigger toll in our body on that later phase of our cycle than in the beginning. So even, you know, all of these great health tools we think about, like breath work, like meditation, like infrared sauna, like use them to your advantage in ways that are going to really support that parasympathetic, that calming sense um, so something that all have a lot of women do is that luteal phase is a great time for breath work. It's a great time for like shorter sessions of infrared sauna, things like that, that are just kind of helping really provide a calming environment and, and really trying to make sure we're not overdoing it in terms of overscheduling ourselves and killing ourselves in the gym. Yeah. I've heard too, and I can't remember which phase it is, but we crave carbs either the first half or the second half. Can you remind me which half that is? A lot of women tend to start craving it in the, the second half, kind of leading up to their period. A lot of it has to do with like, so we, we get our hormones bottoming out. We're getting estrogen decreasing as well. But estrogen and progesterone, they also play, especially estrogen, but they play these, these important roles with some of our neurotransmitters our mood regulators like serotonin. So when our estrogen bottoms out, serotonin tends to go for the ride. And when our brain senses a low serotonin environment, it's like, I need something right now to get that boost back in. A lot of the time that is carby, sugary food or something similar, um, as well as the increase in like the adrenal output with cortisol and everything. So it tends to be a time that women tend to crave sugary, carby food, I'm personally not a fan of women like avoiding foods completely, but I think your biology will be happier if you choose something like slower release carbs, like some whole food carbs, like opting for some sweet potatoes and root veggies instead of just the ice cream. But I'm also a fan of having a little bit of both. Like I don't, I don't think restricting yourself all the time is a great idea in the long run, but yeah. Yeah. When people ask me like a diet, I'm always saying, okay, it's a 21 days because everybody can do 21 days. Right. Myself, like I can do 21 days. Tell me to go gluten-free for your life. No, not happening. 
No matter how many times I get told gluten's bad for you, I don't eat it often, but it's like, don't tell me I can't have it for the rest of my life because I'll never begin the quote diet. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, if I'm never going to have it, I just never, will never start. Yeah, it never, never start it. A, never becomes a problem. Yeah, I would, I would much rather, well, men and women, I would much rather them just kind of think about how food is impacting them in the moment. Like, oh, how do I feel when I eat this? Do I feel good? Do I get energy? Do I sleep well? And, and kind of guide their food decisions that way instead of just following a protocol because someone on the internet said it was the best diet for them. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, I have to ask you the big uh, rock in the room, birth control. I think birth control has a purpose, which is birth control. Nothing frustrates me more than when women told me they are put on birth control to quote unquote, regulate their hormones because there, there's nothing hormone regulating about it. Like, does Correct. it remove symptoms for women sometimes? Yes, it, it removes symptoms by just like stopping the entire hormonal process, but it's not regulating anything. It's giving you the false illusion of a regular period that's been timed by strategic, you know, insertion of hormones and removal of them. And, and really, I think more and more information is coming out for women that have been on it for years. When they try and go off, they're experiencing like all of these awful symptoms because they had hormonal issues. They thought they were regulating it with birth control. They come off of birth control. They still have the same hormone issues underlying there, which have probably been worsened. Um, And I think there's a lot of a lack of education around things that we need to do with our diet and lifestyle. Should you choose to go on birth control? We know it depletes so many vitamins and minerals and women still aren't being educated about this. So I think there's other birth control options out there. I think, you know, a woman should have a right to pick the ones that she wants, but I, I would love for women to be more informed about what it is. I mean, I think about my own experience with it. I was put on birth control when I was 19 by a dermatologist for skin issues. Like I didn't, I didn't know any of this stuff. I had, I didn't know any better. All I knew is I was going off to college. I had acne. I was embarrassed. I would have done anything to get rid of it. I wish now I had someone who was guiding me through nutrition and lifestyle and stress management because that really what was causing it. Um, but I, you know, it took me a couple of years on it to realize that was not helping my body at all. And then it took me a couple of years after going off of it to really recalibrate my physiology to have a, a healthy cycle and feel good. So again, I think birth control has become this thing where it's like anytime a hormone symptom pops up, it's like, here's birth control, that'll fix it. And that's just, that's not what's happening. It's um, a Band-Aid. Temporarily, yeah, and as soon as you take the bandaid, bandaid off, the hormones <laughs> yeah. are bass, back. Yeah, it's like I a, remember a piece of duct tape you put on there because you don't have a bandaid. It's awful. Uh-huh. I remember when I was looking at it because, because again, it's for birth control. I don't want to get pregnant. My husband looks at me and I'm pregnant. I swear. <laughs> so I needed my life, but I had this idea that it was causing all this infertility. It's not the birth control that was causing infertility. It was the fact that birth control was being used to cover up hormonal concerns. You take the birth control out, the hormonal imbalances are right back. And if not at a bigger vengeance than they were beforehand, and it takes the body time to one, overcome the birth control, but then two, try to balance out when nothing was done to balance them out in the first place. So birth control, use it for birth control. Right. Do you recommend a certain one over another one? 
I totally depends woman to woman. If, if she's interested in like actual hormonal birth control, like some women do better with a combination. Some women do better with like a, a mini pill, like a, a progestin type pill. I think there's, there's pros and cons of every single one and women respond very differently to them based on, you know, what their current state of physiology is. Um, I, I personally like feel like if you can avoid a hormonal birth control, probably better. I also feel like we also need to educate women that like, there's only this small window of every month where you can actually get pregnant. Like you can't get pregnant at any day throughout your cycle. There's like a, sometimes I feel like that. Or, Trust me, Dr. Laura. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not in your case, but uh, mm. you know, there's like this four or five day window really for most women where you can actually get pregnant. So that, that can be like a little bit of better information that women can learn as well. Um, but there's, there's so many options out there now. There really are. Yeah, you got the arm, you got the IUD, you got the pills. The pills will never work me, for me because I forget. Right. Yeah. Gotta so that's a bad super problem. super consistent with those for sure. I like, I, when it comes to birth control, my preference is getting the hormones closer to the original reproductive organs, the better. Mm -hmm. So I like an IUD or a NuvaRing because yeah. it's right there. Right. With the re your reproductive organs, not having to go through your GI tract or go through your arm to your blood to your stream, bloodstream to the hormone, like to the reproductive organs. So I that's my guidance of what I would recommend. Yeah, for sure. And the the having to go through these GI tract piece is always interesting to me because so many people have gut issues and absorption issues. So, you know, are we doing these super super high doses, relatively speaking, in birth control pills to kind of account for that or if a woman has gut issues, is she even absorbing it as well as possible? So lots of things to consider there. Yeah. Okay. As we finish up here, um, I know you work with a lot of entrepreneurs. So give us like your favorite business tip. My favorite business tip. I mean, for female entrepreneurs, it's it's really aligning your schedule with your hormones. It saves you so much time and so much frustration and like you'll hear entrepreneurs a lot talking about the flow state and they want more flow and alignment in their business. Like, I think that comes from understanding your body. Like for women, I think that the phrase work-life balance is kind of BS. Um, if you really can create a business where you're aligned with your body and aligned with the lifestyle you want, there's no need to like try and find a balance. It's created, it's built in. But I think for any entrepreneur, like understanding your physiology as a whole and really leveraging it to your advantage can be really beneficial. Like take some time to learn about your brain, what it actually does and how you can take advantage of that too. Because there's, there's so many tips like time blocking and do this and do that, but really like your body is the ultimate hack for a better business, but you have to understand how it works to get there. So if you can prioritize learning about it for just a season, the the rewards for your business, for your quality of life, for your income, I think just go so much further than people who aren't aware of it. I'm thinking, you know, if you're going to get on a sales call, what time of the month should you be on a sales call? If you're a woman and you can do most of your sales calls, like from that early phase, follicular phase, ovulation, maybe just into luteal phase, that's great. I personally don't do them the week leading up to the start of my period. I know that I do not want to interact with people as much. I know that I'm not as energetic and that's going to come through in, in any call. Like we've all been on sales calls where someone is excited and energetic and vibrant. 
And we've probably all also been on them where the person seems like a little tired. This was not the day for it. So, you know, for, for my female entrepreneurs out there that week leading up to your cycle, see if you can get away from not doing calls and podcast recordings and all of those sort of things for that week. Have that be like your, your back end work, your admin work, that sort of thing, your learning work, um, and kind of save that other stuff for earlier in your cycle. That's a good tip. Okay. Last one. If you were to lose everything and have to start over, except you had the brain, your knowledge and your brain, what would you do differently to build a successful practice? Oh my gosh. What would I do differently? <laughs> or just what would you do? Not necessarily differently, but what would you do to build? If I knew everything practice? I knew now and had all my experience, uh -huh. but everything else was taken, taken away, I would seriously have just started taking action sooner. Like I think I let the fear of not knowing enough and feeling like I needed more certifications, more training, more coaching, like really roadblock me in the beginning from just taking action and just asking people for business and telling people how I could help them. So if I could go back, I would just do that. Like from the get-go, I would get myself out in front of my ideal client as much as possible. I would be talking to her, telling her how I could help her, telling her how I could make her life and business better, um, regardless of what certifications I had or what stage I was at in my business. So that's something I would definitely do. Sure. I hear that a lot. Like, I don't know enough. I don't have enough certifications or the people I'm talking to, they're questioning my certifications. I don't have the DR in front of me or whatever it is. They use, ultimately it's an excuse to taking action and to getting, being seen on a bigger level so you can get in front of your right audience. Uh, I love that. That's simple. I'm a big action taker. I believe in I take action fast, sometimes too fast. You know, it's like, but it works. Me messy action. What's that saying? Im imperfect action is better than perfect inaction when it comes to building anything, right? Like waiting yeah. until everything is perfect. You're still going to be waiting years from now. And, you know, for those of you who might feel that way, like, oh, I don't have the doctor. I don't have the certifications. My experience in working with ambitious women over the last few years is they don't care if you can help them, if you can listen to them, if you can guide them in the right direction. And if you can honestly tell them like, that's a good question. I don't know that, but let me find someone who does. They'll appreciate that and they will follow you anywhere because I think people are craving just an authentic partner in their health now. Like they don't necessarily care about just your credentials anymore. They want someone to hear them. They want someone to guide them to a better life. Yeah. There's another person in our mastermind who always says messy, being messy makes me millions. I love that. <laughs> She's messy. She don't care. She's not perfect, but it, she's an action taker. It, I bet though, right? She's an action taker and she's authentic. Yeah. And you might know who I'm talking about, but I have, messy I have makes me millions. So. <laughs> so next time, next time, think you're next time you go to like stop yourself from taking action because it's not perfect. Remember, messy makes millions. Love it. Love it. All right. Thanks, Dr. Laura. Where can people find you? Uh, thank you so much. So they can find me on my website, drlauradecessoris.com, or I'm most active on Instagram, dr.lauradecessoris, or Facebook under Dr. Laura Decessoris. And her last name is D-E-C-E-S-A-R-I-S. Dr. Laura spelled L-A-U-R-A, just like it should be. Okay, go find her on her website at drlauradecessoris.com, IG, same thing, Facebook, same thing and uh, learn how to sync your cycle with your business.
All right. Thanks, Dr. Lara. You're so welcome. Thank you. Hasn't this season just been so good? We will end it right before Christmas on December 22nd and be back in January for more. Now, along with our incredible in-person event in this Together Live in Orlando, Florida, you have one last opportunity to come join me live over the virtual Zoom feed. December 13th and 14th is the final live Master Bloodwork event with a twist. December 13th and 14th, block the dates, 1 to 5.30 p.m. Eastern, both days. Go to the link below to learn more and register. You can also register for the conference right now and get your early bird pricing. All right, let's get going and let's impact the world one life at a time, one podcast episode at a time.